Welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast. It's a show designed to talk about how God can use small church, ordinary church, everyday church. Your hosts are Barry Littleford and Jordan Dorsey, two small-time pastors who think about this stuff a lot. And we welcome you to today's show. Okay, hello and welcome to episode 30. Big 3-0. 3-0 of the Everyday Church Podcast. Very excited about 3-0. Barry, it's good to be with you. And and also with you, my it's, friend. It's beautiful, man. May the blessing of God oh. and the peace of Jesus and the... I just want the Spirit of God to rain down upon us right now you as want, we... You want the heavens to open up? Because they're not open yet. And I just... I want to feel everything. I, it's an exciting time to be alive and it's a great time, a great night to be podcasting. It is. A bit chilly. Um, it's chilly. If, uh, if this was a video podcast, you would see me right now... Um, kind of swaddled up in a uh, purple blanket because your office is freezing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I just played a game of basketball, so I'm cool, man. <laughs> You're rocking Ugg boots, man. You're fine. I'm fine. Anyway, it is good to be here. And if this is your first time listening in, welcome. Yeah. If it's if it's your retur- if you've returned from from another episode and you're listening in again, you brave soul, you're amazing, <laughs> and we love you, and we love that you're tapping into it. The Everyday Church podcast for us is just a podcast where we get to chat about what's on our heart, yeah, what we're experiencing, what God's saying to us, and really, it's a blessing for us because we get to talk about it. It's the blessing of technology that we can upload it, and it might even be a blessing to you as you go about your ministry life as well. Um, but we're really pleased that you're joining in today, and we're going to talk about a topic that we've already slightly alluded to in yeah, our yeah, kind of over Christianese <laughs> blessing of each other at the beginning. Um, so this this topic for me is a topic all about language. Yep. So we're going to call it "Mind Your Language." Mind your language. And what what's brought it up for me was I had a great uh, lecture on Tuesday. Um, uh, can you just say that again? A, <laughs> <laughs> what have I become? You've what? become a oh, theological no. student. <laughs> oh, no. I'm enjoying theological study too much. Too much. Anyway, a great, good, okay, eh, it was all right, lecture on Tuesday on Trinitarian theology. Ah, oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Just a simple, clean-cut theology. <laughs> Nothing confusing about it. It's just you, you do it in a couple of hours and you understand it. Yep. I'm joking. If if you're like, oh, cool, I'll give that lecture a go. It's confusing as, and it was an introductory, very brief kind of overlook on it. Mm -hmm. But in it, we discussed all these different heresies, all these different things that people have tried to do to explain this uh, conundrum of theology, which is Mm. the Trinity. Did you do the four-leaf clover? Yes, we did. Nice. And we compared that to Transformers and how... uh, Not Transformers, to... um, Oh no! You've lost it. The you? other mechanic one where they joined together to become, Voltron. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like that. Oh wow! I don't know. It was a great anyway, great lecture. Any any time you can bring Voltron <laughs> into it, into all Power like, Rangers into yeah, the mix, then yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just gold. Yeah, it was all the Power Rangers having their own little function. They come together. Okay. Four leaf clover style. Nice. Anyway, we're going to leave these vague examples out. That's not what we're talking about today. But what we what I found interesting was that. Um, as I was reading through these different heresies, what would happen was different theologians would try and put examples out there 
to explain mm. what the Trinity is like. And as they did that, there were these big gaping holes in their theology. Mm-hmm. As they tried to say, well, maybe the Spirit is like water, ice, and steam. Oh, I love that one. You know, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're all kind of the same. Same substance, but different but form. Different. And, and with it, it, and I'm not going to explain it to you, it, it brings about <laughs> a different theological hole or gap. Yeah. There was a beautiful one. Now, you'd love this one, okay. Baz. About a rainbow. Oh, love rainbows. A rainbow and how the Trinity is all the different colors in the rainbow, but it's all the same beam of light. Does that mean there's seven, pe- seven people of the Trinity? <laughs> some people we've been neglecting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The, the, uh, third, the fourth person of tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> anyway. But it was it was interesting. The fifth person of the scripture. Oh, you've got, right. you've got me going. <laughs> Some people worship scripture like it's God. Yeah, it's That's true. the fifth person. We're almost at seven. Anyway, <laughs> we should move on. I'm going to make us move on because this is meant to be a, just an example. Anyway, but what I found interesting was as I was unpacking... <laughs> sorry, man. My, still, my mind's going. Oh, <laughs> Go on. Sorry, man. It's going to be one of those episodes. For our new listeners, I'm sorry. This is... Always how it is. Anyway, um, I found it interesting because it, it brought to my attention that as we as leaders try and innovate new language and as we delve into old language, I wonder if there are any theological holes or gaps to what we're sharing with our congregation. Because language matters. And I, I know that because as uh, as a just as a congregation member in church, you find yourself almost regurgitating what your pastor says, mm-hmm. regurgitating what your key leaders say in your prayers, mm-hmm. in your conversations, and it shows to me how important what we say matters. Because if you say something that isn't quite right, even though technicalities are important and unimportant, but over time, if the same gap, if the same misguided theology is applied, it can change how people connect with God because it changes how they see God. And, and, and language is for a period of time. Yeah. Like language is always shifting. And, yeah. and uh, some language that was great and understandable back 50 years ago, mm. it's probably not as great now. Yeah. And we've got to find new words to articulate mm. it. Um, my my leadership studies have been saying if you if you want to change culture, the first thing you change is language. Wow! Yeah, and, and you see that where you uh, you know in Australia we move from saying refugees to asylum seekers. Mm. We're a de- deliberate change of language to give a different emphasis. We see yeah. the same with you don't call anyone a homosexual anymore. No, or, or in a homosexual relationship, they're in a same sex. Mm relationship and yeah. and the same same sex people yeah. and the change of language almost changes the conversation doesn't it well that's the attempt is yeah. to change the conversation and to give it a different emphasis and a different point to leave um, behind some of the baggage of what yeah the the other language would would infer in people's minds and so you change the name of things to change the emphasis yeah and God does this in the Bible as well. I mean, he changes people's names yeah. all the time when he says, your character is different. Yep. So now I'm going to change the name. And so I'm going to identify you as a different person. Yeah, well, that's great. And I think here, it's, this kind of speaks into tradition a little bit. Now, I'm not really a traditional guy. 
I think God's always doing something new. Yep. I don't think we as humans can do very many things new, but I think God's always encouraging something different to happen within mm-hmm. his church because the world is always changing yep. and our God doesn't change, but how we can communicate him does. So for instance, when we look at uh, maybe old benedictions or old call to worship um, that people might throw out and everyone knows it, or if there's a certain responsive prayer here or there that you don't even have to have up on the screen. Everyone over the age of 50 just knows what it is. I, I tend to question them a little bit because I wonder whether those things still have the same weight and influence that they do that they did back when they were created to what they have now. Because I think we have to be careful with tradition and, and things that we just say without even thinking because they were first formed in a certain context and now that context has changed. So we need to start asking the question, not not just is this okay, um, but, but but what is it actually saying? What is what is it actually communicating right. to our audience now? Because even though we can say, oh well, it's it's been around forever, so it has to, it's a golden oldie, it has to be good. Well, actually, no, because is it still communicating the same good intentions that were first put in place yeah, in I, the beginning? I, I hear you. So. If you have a, in a United Church, have a lay preacher that has been lay preaching for over 30 years, mm. they will start their sermon with the famous prayer, Lord, may the meditations of my heart and the such and such of whatever be acceptable to you, O Lord. Mm. Okay? And, and so that inference that they're, they're praying uh, those words are to saying, well, God... Um, I, I hope that you've been with me as I've prepared. Yeah, yeah. And and really, you're not giving any emphasis whatsoever to the hearer, mm, mm. or that they will be receptive to the word. You're yeah. just saying, I hope that you and I have got it right. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's yeah. what it's communicating. And so, if you're someone in the pew, you're listening to that, and we'll go, well, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to dive in. Yeah, this dude's just praying about himself. <laughs> just praying about whether or not he actually heard God before he even <laughs> delivers it. Yeah where, yeah. where I tend to now communicate was, so Lord, prepare our hearts for yeah. what you want to say to us. Mm. And, and may we all hear what we need to hear yeah, because yeah. your heart is for us to always take something away from yeah. what is proclaimed here today. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and I think I've done the same as well. As uh, Sometimes I don't even pray before I get up to preach, and maybe that's naughty, I don't know. Yeah, eh, I don't know. But, you know, I, I've changed my language as well. I say, God, open up our hearts to yeah. receive what you have, and I pray that with what I say and in what we hear that we would glorify you. Mm. And it includes everyone. Yeah, and I yeah. think that matters. Um, but I, I think we need to look at this in, in lots of areas of our life. Now, I recall a time when me and you went to a healing day seminar conference thing yeah, it was a, it was a it was a night and a day yeah yeah and there was this this healing man that came along and he he shared some pretty cool stuff and he did some pretty cool things but one of the things he laid out really early on as a bit of a foundation was that when people were praying for healing or just praying in general that they they almost in their language called god down from a cloud they say, God, could you come near to us? Or mm. Holy Spirit, come upon us, fall down upon us. And he outlined how in that language, it separates man from God and really is against what the whole gospel is about. And for me, and I think it was for you as well, quite formative in, in that power of language 
And if you continually pray week after week as a church, Father, would you would you come near to us? Would you come close? Our spirit fall down upon us. Mm. It, it creates a theology that God is distant and we have to ask him to be close, that God is far away and he drops down parachute gifts to us from above. Yep. And that isn't quite... It's not. It's not. It's not what God's on about. No, I mean, the, the, I think it was a British guy, uh, and um, and I remember quite distinctly. He said, "You don't have to beg for God to work. You've mm. just got to claim the fact that God already is working." Yeah, yeah. And and so his whole emphasis on healing is not going. Oh, God, will you please heal me? Yeah. It is, uh, God. I know that you are a healing God. God, I know that that you want people to be whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was proclaiming what God already is instead of asking for a, a favor, but just declaring in your life who God already is. And that yeah. was a really powerful yeah. moment, and and shaped really the the way that you know, we communicate um, the gospel in people's lives and how we pray mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was, and he he understood the power of language. And actually, I think through what he was saying, and I, and I think I kind of agree with it, I think God responds to the right language because the right language actually brings about, it shows the right understanding. I think God wants us to, to understand that he is close. That it, Instead of saying, God, would you come down from a cloud? I, I feel like there's something that goes on in the heart of the believer when they say, God, even though I don't feel it right now, I know you're here. Mm. Your scriptures say that you're here and that you're never going to leave me. There's power in that. And I feel like God responds to that. Not that God doesn't respond. I think God has responded for years, come down. Because God's like, well, I'm here anyway, so I suppose I am down. But I think that there's power in what happens in the heart of the believer when they understand the truths of who God is and and what God is doing. And and so when when people are... Uh, asking for the Holy Spirit to rain down, mm. what they're actually ha- asking for is the Holy Spirit to be more present. Yes. Well, for them to be able to feel the Holy Spirit yeah. in, a, in a greater way than yeah. they're currently feeling it. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand the language, but but the reality is, is that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. Yeah. So why does the Spirit need to rain down mm. when the Spirit is what helps us communicate with the Father? And yeah. even if we don't have words, the Spirit is what moans and groans mm. in ways that we don't understand. So why do we ask the Holy Spirit to rain down? Well, it's that theology that God is up and that uh, we want more of the Spirit to come down. Mm. And the reality is, is that we need the Spirit to be more, for us to be aware of mm. the fullness of the Spirit that's already yeah. around us. And, and, and I think if you ask the pastor, if someone's, you know, you went to a service or maybe you've caught yourself and you've said those words, you know, Father, would you just send your Spirit in a new way right now? Would you just rain down upon us something different? Lord, Lord you know, do something, you know, from above for us. And then you spoke to the pastor afterwards and said, do you really believe that God is distant? None of them would say yes to that. You know, no, no, one, no one holds that theology. And, and as pastors, I think we, we do have a, a, a good grasp, not a perfect grasp, nowhere near, but a good grasp of, of, of kind of what God is on about. But the, the reason that we're discussing this today is because not every congregation member does. You know, no. And if they hear it enough, it can, it can become an ingrained belief and understanding that actually, yeah, I do need to pray in that way because that's how God is. And and so I, I think God can interpret us. So when we say, 
a Holy Spirit rain down. I think God gets <laughs> he knows gets our we, heart. Yeah. I mean, he, he can interpret uh, me humans and what they're on <laughs> about. But I think the danger in the language is when people can misinterpret the language and and how it shapes their faith. Yeah. And so, if you're saying Holy Spirit rain down then they can make the assumption that they've got to call God down mm. for God to be present and that yeah. God is not present all the time by yeah. His Spirit, but that you have to do some magical prayer to get God down yeah. into your life. Yeah. And, and that's not the reality. No. The reality is is the Spirit of God is with us always. The, yeah. the Spirit is at work even in non-Christians' lives to draw mm. them unto Himself. Yeah. So, uh, we don't... I mean, I think God understands our heart, but if we are, as leaders are communicating it in, in a way, then it can lead some of our people, I think, into some un- unhealthy thinking. Yeah, massive. And, and this is only a, this is our example of, you know, God come down from your cloud. But you can see, even as we're discussing, how this can drastically change someone's journey with Christ. It really can. Like, why, why would, why would an, a Christian... Um, why, why would they pray in any moment? Because if they had this theology that God is only present in some moments, then maybe they might actually not pray while they're in the car. Or they might not pray when they're, they're doing this. They might think, well, I need to be in this moment, in this chair, or in this church. And it, it just puts this really weird strain on Christians. And I think we just need to be really mindful. Yeah, well, the the word church is a classic example. Massive, yeah. You know, and um, and Andy Stanley in one of his series oh. uh, did a great pulling apart of the whole concept of what church is. Yeah, and and how it got twisted from a German word. Yeah. And actually, I'll plug it. The series is called Brand New. Yeah, Brand New by Andy Stanley. If you can, if you have a spare couple of hours, go through that series because I think it was a good six or seven yeah, weeks. Yeah, it was. But I, I took people through that as a teaching course. Phenomenal. Yeah. Please, please get your head around that. And, and so the word church, we, we, the language that is used for church is actually a building. Yeah. Now, we try and change that and say that, that the real word for church is the gathered people of God. Mm. And some people get it. Yeah. But we use it all the time. I'm going down to the church. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so we, we use what is meant to be the gathered people as the building. And yeah. what has happened over the time is that the building has been seen as a sacred space where you go to meet God, when the reality is is that you can meet God anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And and the church is where we gather as mm-hmm. the people, you know, the bu- I'm doing it already. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the place that we gather as the people of God, as soon as you get two or three together, that is the church, yeah. not actually the building itself. Yeah. And so even that language, um, you know, really makes it difficult for some people to see that it's not the building, but it's actually yeah. the living, breathing uh, group of people who worship God together. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, it, it's crucial, you know, Andy in that Andy Stanley in that series would say that the, because of Jesus, there's no more holy places. No. Because the, the holiness of God is inside of us. Well, that's but, right. So the holy place is you yeah, and the it's, holy it's, place is me. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to go and sin on this ground or see where Jesus was. You don't have to go to the holy land to experience a holy place because it's with you where you go. And I thought... That, that is so powerful because if if we are communicating as leaders that the church is the building, even without meaning to, that will color and that will, will change how people read scripture. Well I, well, I remember at our last church that one of our worship leaders would get up and say, good morning, church. Mm. 
and and uh, and some of the people couldn't cope with it because they saw the church as the building. As the building. Why is this dude talking to and the why Lord? Is, <laughs> why you know and go but we're people. Why are you yeah. saying good morning? To, but but technically and he's, theologically, yeah, he's, he's it, yeah. spot on. Yeah, yeah, I love you it. know and. Um, you know, it's, it, it is exactly the same thing as welcome the gathered people of God. Mm, That's yeah. what church means. Yeah, wow. And, and so, um, you know, but some people just couldn't cope with the fact that he would say, good morning, mm, church. Mm, mm. So I think what we, what we can see here as, we, as we're discussing this is that language is crucial. It, it, it is just the most important thing for, for well, one of the most important things a leader needs to be mindful of is what they say, not just what they mean by it, but how it's interpreted. You yeah, know? I, I, I think you're right. And, and I think that um, we've got to continue to ask ourselves questions. Are, are what we are verbalizing, yeah. is it a, a, you know, particularly those repetitive things, mm, mm. Are, they, uh, are they being interpreted properly? Yeah. And can I use other words to, um, to communicate what I really mean by the theology? Yeah. That I'm saying, and you were telling me before the podcast that you've changed the benediction, yeah. Because the old benediction is "God be with you" or "Go with you." Yeah, God, God bless you and be with you. God be with you and bless you as you go this week. Mm. And and I kind of observed that over the first few weeks of being there, and I started to grow a bit of a distaste for it. I thought, actually, this isn't communicating quite to the extent I want it to. What God is on about. So I've actually. I haven't quite written it down, but I say it word for word every time. But I, I would say to people at the end of the service, you know, this we've come to the end of our service and I'm not going to ask for God to bless you in any way because you're already incredibly blessed. Mm. We are the blessed people of God. And I'm not going to ask for God to be with you because actually it's impossible for God to leave you. Mm. So go and be the blessed people of God. And I say, Amen. Now let's go have a cup of tea. And I know the first time I did that, it, it kind of made some heads tilt. But now when I do it, after the, the few years that I've been there, I get heads nodding, people smiling, waiting to hear the same thing every week. And I, I really want it to be a part of what I leave with them one mm. day, mm. is that they would say to the next minister or the next pastor, no, 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 we don't believe that we need to ask for blessings. Because, man, we are the people of God and we are blessed. Mm. We just need to receive yeah, what yeah. God has already we given. We get to claim what God's already yeah. put in front of us. Yeah, And I think it's a, it's a small thing to change, but it has a massive impact on people. I think a lot of what we say in church is a refined traditional statement that has taken out as many unnecessary words as possible to get the message across as quickly as possible. But with it, we lose people in translation. We lose people in the mix and... You might be sitting there thinking, man, these guys are getting a bit nitpicky. But I think it matters. Mm. I think God would want us to be nitpicky. I think God would want us to care about the details because I think He understands, I think we're growing to understand that even in the little details, they can make a massive impact in someone's life. And if you particularly want to change a culture within your church, look at yeah. how you are communicating and how you may be able to shift mm. the words that you use to bring about the change of culture. Yeah. that you've got. So I hope that uh, as you're listening to this, maybe you're in a leadership position or uh, that you're involved in your church some way, that you actually just ask yourself the question, what am I communicating regularly? And we all have the rhythm of oh, what yeah, we communicate. Massive. And is that actually communicating what I want, it, what I, want I believe that God wants to have communicated mm-hmm. here? 
And as we, as you do that, look for the language that will will mm. move your audience from here to there, yeah. and to grow them deeper in their understanding of who God is. Yeah, you, you know, you look at this in a, in the business world, they take time to make a three word statement. They they craft every word and they ask themselves is this the right word to communicate the right thing to who we're trying to reach and i think to an extent with this like you said with the things that we repeat the things that really matter it's not about whether we agree whether we think that's exactly what it needs to be for us and our understanding we need to ask the question to those that are receiving this is this the right way to say it so yeah that's right will this be received well and will they understand it in, in the right way. So just in closing, one of the things that I've done recently mm. and I've just thought of it is that I've um, stopped welcoming the visitor yep. and I've started calling them the guest. Okay, nice. Okay, because I don't want them to feel like mm. they're just in here temporary, yeah. but I want them to know that they are a guest. And so I welcome the first-time guest, yep. the returned guest, nice. and then the regular people as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's just a subtle thing that I've started to to shift, and it's hard. Yeah, I bet. I, bet. <laughs> I mean, I get up there and go, the guest. The guest. The guest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's been intentional for me because I, I don't want people to – to come in and if it's their first time think that they're just passing through yeah wow. they're not they're not visiting a visitor yeah. center yeah, yeah they're not going to a, a nice rural town to stop in on their holidays yeah. they are a guest into our family yeah and um and so i, I deliberately and intentionally yeah. wanted to change and that language you know what the second you said guest I, I i associated that word with welcome just straight away just it was a it's a thing that flicked in my brain i heard the word visitor and thought oh yeah that's a nice word heard the word guest and thought oh that's better mm. and you know what we need to be the kind of people that craft the sentence for the better word and one word changes things if i reckon there are going to be people that are going to stick around longer because you've changed one word because it just makes them feel you know what i can kind of sit a little bit easier in this chair this service because i'm a guest and guests are welcome. Guests mm. are almost invited. They're meant to be there. That's powerful stuff. And I think there are more statements and more things that we need to be mindful of our language about and try to try and bring about the message that brings people closer to God, not the message that needs people to have a good theological backing, a Christian background in any way, but they can receive what's being said and they can say, oh, that's a glimpse of who God is. So uh, as we go... Uh, if you're listening to this and you've got some good ones, yeah, good change of language mm. that is strict, you, would you would you send them through? Would yeah. you post it on our Facebook page or send us an email? Do it, and because because I'm always looking for better words. Yeah, massive, and uh, and maybe we can share them together, and that That'd would be, be an awesome thing yeah. to do. What's your better word? Yeah, yeah, love to hear it. Um, so hopefully you've enjoyed today. Hopefully it's been encouraging for you, and hopefully a little bit confronting that perhaps some of the words you're using are being more traditional than they need to be and actually need to be reshaped to bless people to come. So uh, get interactive with us, share this around, send us an email with your best words and hopefully this service coming this Sunday for you is going to be the best one yet. Until next time. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Church podcast where we seek to be a help to the Everyday Church. Our show notes can be found at openministries.net and you can also become interactive by liking the Everyday Church podcast Facebook page. We trust that you've enjoyed today's show.